It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Uh, today's complete story is going to be important. I guess that's the best word to use. And Rich, nice to have you along. Thank you. Glad to be here. And, and you've been running an editorial. Yes. On Bot Radio Network now several times a day. And I want the people... I want this program to be opened up and let the people hear that now. Rich Bot here with an editorial opinion. I thank God for answered prayer. After nearly 50 years and 61 million babies killed by abortion, Roe versus Wade is now relegated to the ash heap of history, right alongside the Dred Scott decision and others. Let's pray for a Great Awakening-style revival across our land. May the overturning of Roe versus Wade signal the beginning of a nationwide repentance leading to forgiveness, healing, and revival, as in 2 Chronicles 7.14. And that's my prayer, Dad, is that we have revival in our country. That's what we really need. And, Rich, what I think is maybe this now is going to lead to conversation where people cannot argue and not fight and get mad at each other, but conversation where you can examine the facts. That's so important. If you don't know what you're talking about, well, then how can you arrive at a conclusion on something really, really important. Right. The Bible teaches that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any yeah. people. And this and is like gonna, a great national sin. We're going to dig into this, folks. Uh, so just hang on. Uh, fasten your seatbelt. Did you know that scientifically the baby in the womb has stages? And this is called the diary of a baby in the womb. Listen to this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Diary of an Unborn Baby Day 1. Fertilization. All the human chromosomes are present. A unique human life begins. Weeks 1 through 2. The DNA in the baby's 46 chromosomes of the one cell contain individual sex, eye color, brain capacity, and other physical traits. Weeks 3 through 4, the heart begins to beat with the baby's own blood, often a different blood type than the mother's. The baby is developing rapidly at this time with the formation of the umbilical cord. Weeks 5 through 6, the baby's eyes, legs, and hands begin to develop. The brain waves are detectable and can be scientifically measured. The mouth, lips present, fingers forming, the baby begins his first movements. Week 7, the eyelids and toes form. The nose is distinct. The baby is kicking and swimming. Week 8. Every organ is in place. The baby's bones, fingerprints begin to form. Weeks 9 and 10. Teeth continue to form. Fingernails develop. The baby head can turn and sometimes frown. Week 11. The baby can grasp objects placed in the hand. The kidneys begin to function and the baby can mimic the movements of breathing. Week 12. The baby has reached the peak frequency of movement and rarely pauses for more than five minutes. Week 14. The baby's heart is pumping several quarts of blood through the body every day. The smallest details are now taking shape. Week 17. The baby can have dream sleep. Week 20. The baby can hear the mother's voice and feel soothed. During the past nine months, one cell has grown into more than 100 million cells. With no new parts to form, the baby is ready to be born. Respect life. 
<laughs> That's the way each yeah. one of us was created. Respect life. You know, Rich, I, we must move quickly here. But I was thinking everybody is pro-life, except everybody's pro-life when it comes to their own life. Even the person that runs Planned Parenthood is pro-life when it comes to his life. Uh, but, but the Bible teaches us, and common sense teaches us, for goodness sake. It's the other person's life that is also important. And that's the person that's never discussed, never talked about, but the life of the child, the life of the baby, the human life of the embryo. Um, oh, my goodness sakes. Now, we've got some good politicians. Senator Langford from Oklahoma. Uh, let's hear what he has to say. Please don't tell me that you follow science and you ignore the life of a child. Yeah, because so there, there's nothing in the womb uh, that doesn't show that's not a life. In fact, I jokingly tell people if, if what we found in the womb we found on Mars, we would say there's life on Mars. Right. Uh, but no one seems to admit that's life in the womb. Yeah. That's right. Well, thank God for Senator Langford and so many others. Josh Hawley from Missouri. And there are others, folks. But sometimes it's the silence of the church to really teach on the subject of life uh, and everything pertaining thereto. Um, now, listen, if you want to study during this program on the complete story, some of these things, now listen to this, it's called the baby's growth and development. Here it is. Any idea what a baby does inside the womb? It's without doubt that pregnancy for any mother is one of the greatest experiences in her life. Every week pregnancy adds a new episode, in this glorious phase, and your baby develops a little bit, and learns new little things. It's amazing that the learning process starts right inside the womb, and goes lifelong. If you are pregnant, here are some incredible things, your baby might be doing right now, in its very first home. Breathing. Even babies inside womb, depend on oxygen to survive. This oxygen is provided through the umbilical cord. But, despite that, the babies do practice breathing exercise, which enables them to breathe, when they are out of the womb. This exercise starts around the ninth week of the pregnancy. Interestingly, baby's first breath is initiated, by the drastic variation of the environment, once it is out of the womb. Opening and closing eyes. Your baby becomes capable of opening or closing its eye, even before it is born. During 27th week of pregnancy, babies become sensitive to light signals. It tends to react with light, though it doesn't have much to see inside. Scientific studies have shown, how unborn babies, turns away their eyes from light, that is entering through the mother's belly button. Smiling Smiling is essential life skill, out of the womb. 4D scans have clearly shown, the pictures of babies smiling inside the womb, from around 26th week of pregnancy. When they are out of the womb, you must have wondered, how your baby learnt the art of that heartwarming smile. Crying Shedding tears starts inside the womb itself. The first cry outside the womb is very important, as it indicates that oxygen has reached its brain, and it is perfectly healthy. Until babies learn to speak, crying as a communication means, is very important for them. Some studies demonstrated, how unborn babies are displaying, a quivering bottom lip when crying inside the womb. Peeing While you are pregnant, 
You might be going for never-ending bathroom trips, but your baby is actually peeing inside. By 12th week of pregnancy, babies start urinating right inside the womb. This skill is important, so that it is able to expel waste inside its body. Tasting Food Flavors of foods, that expecting moms ingest, is reflected in the amniotic fluid around the baby. Certain flavors like garlic, ginger, anise and sweet, have got the ability to alter the flavor of amniotic fluid. It is probably the nature's way, to prepare the child for different flavors, it is going to encounter after being born. It has been observed, that your unborn baby will show preference towards certain flavors, by gulping more of amniotic fluid, when you consume certain foods. Listening Researchers have revealed that around the third trimester, babies start listening to outside noises. They may even respond to sound, with their gentle kick. Despite not understanding your words, they still recognize mother's voice. Therefore, you should talk to your child, as a very effective means of bonding, with your unborn baby, yawning. Inside your small womb world, things can be pretty unexciting, for your cute one. So, it's not surprising, that your cute bundle of joy, will yawn sometimes while being inside. If you are fortunate, you might get a glimpse of your yawning baby, while technicians take the ultrasound images. Hiccuping. Babies learn hiccuping, within the first few weeks of their existence, but, these hiccups are too mild to be detected. You might be able to notice them, during the last phase of pregnancy, however, many expected mothers may not feel this at all. Kicking, twisting, wriggling and more. Your tiny naughty one, prepares itself to use its reflexes, right inside the womb. Your little womb is its first playground. Baby movements like twisting, quickening, wriggling, swirling and punching, generally become a daily occurrence, in the middle phases of pregnancy. Maybe, you will notice these activities more, after you munch an interesting snack. But, towards the end few weeks of pregnancy, these movements decrease, because of the lack of space on side. Doctors sometimes keep a count of number of baby kicks, to determine everything is fine inside the womb. Isn't that something, Rich? Isn't that something? Isn't that beautiful? It should be the very safest place for a baby to be in it's the, the mother's issue, womb. It's the issue of life. Yes. It's the issue of life, not death. It's the issue of life and um, all of that. Now, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King, his father was a preacher before him, you see, there in Atlanta. And his brother, his brother was very close in everything Dr. Martin Luther King did. And his brother had a little girl named Alveda. So Dr. Alveda King's uncle was Martin Luther King. And she grew up through her teenage years and on and on. And she didn't realize, even back then, that abortion is as hideous and totally wrong. She knew her grandpa certainly wasn't in favor of it, but they didn't teach why. And here's Alveda King now uh, talking about abortion. I want the people to listen to this. Abortion, like slavery, is a crime against humanity. So we know that slavery is a sin, slavery is wrong, sex trafficking, for example. But somehow, uh, 
the script was flipped. And so it became a civil right to abort a child. It became a woman's reproductive right. But nobody really examined the motives behind it because the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, said that colored people are like weeds. They need to be exterminated. Let's not let the word get out. So they came up with a plan to sell an idea to women and black women especially, that it was a reproductive right to decide whether you would birth a child or not. My uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., <laughs> I like to say Reverend. He and my dad, Reverend A.D. King, brothers were preachers, and their daddy, Daddy King, was a preacher. So A.D.M.L. and Daddy King. So Martin Luther King, Jr., in a Christmas sermon said, when you value the human personality, you won't kill anybody. And uh, I first heard that read by Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. Life. And he uses that all the time. And my uncle really cared about every human being. We must recognize that abortion is a sin. It is a crime against humanity. Congress needs to acknowledge that that's not just a lump of flesh in the womb. That's not just a blob of tissue in the womb. That's a human being. And so that's an innocent human being. And if the child was conceived in America and being born in America, an innocent American whose rights are being violated. Mm. Isn't that beautiful, Richard? I want the people to remember now that um, uh, Justice Clarence Thomas is being vilified and his wife also, and they are attacking him and they are going after him, not because he's black, or not because he's white. It has nothing to do with color. It has everything to do with whether or not he stands for the Constitution, and he is pro-life. Now, the media, let's face it, folks, uh, one of the reasons we're doing this program on Bot Radio Network, why we're giving you information the media is not doing. The media simply is ignoring it, and the truth is the media is promoting it promoting abortion, and they're kind of whipping up the battle. So I just wanted to have a conversation and let you folks know and hear things that you don't know. Uh, one of our best friends in this true rich is Karen and Emmett Mitchell mm -hmm. in Kansas City. Karen and Emmett Mitchell um, grew up in Wichita, as a matter of fact, and Karen was one of the founders of black Americans for life. And so she and I were having a good conversation the other day on the phone. And uh, she's so happy, so overjoyed uh, with, the, with the fact now that the decision about abortion goes to the people. So we're talking to the decision makers today on Bot Radio Network. Um, the Supreme Court says it goes back to the people of the individual states to do with as they choose, like like every other state crime. Um, so anyway, uh, that really inflames the pro-abortion people because they don't want the people to be able to think about it and hear about it and understand it and then have a voice in it, have a decision to be made. So anyway, I was talking to Karen because I had heard Dr. Anthony Leventino in a congressional hearing some years back, not too many, 
when you get to be my age, 89, coming up the next birthday, why uh, everything seems fairly recent. But Dr. Anthony Leventino really, in his congressional hearing, told the truth. And uh, so I was talking to Karen, and I said, Karen, do you think it's too stark? Do you think it's too uh, too bold uh, to use his testimony for our audience? And this is what she said. I think people need to know. They need to know. People need to see. They need to have the picture of what happens in abortion. And, you know, like Bernard Nathanson's silent scream. Well, I, you know, that needs to be on TV. So people really know. And the... And even though it's been pretty graphic and, and grievous, all that's been happening in the last month since the leak from Sam Alito, it's been good because now people are seeing what abortion actually is and <sighs> everything that led up to the reversal of Roe v. Wade. And... Um, you know, it's people are seeing how distasteful it is. So, yes, Dr. Levinson's testimony should be on the radio. It should be on TV. It, people need to hear and know these things. I want to thank Karen Mitchell for her encouragement to, uh, to have this now on Bot Radio Network for the benefit of you folks. It's pretty graphic. I want to tell you that ahead of time. But, you know, death is, isn't it? Murder is. Taking a life is. And and so I want you to hear it. Here is Dr. Anthony Leventino, and he was testifying before a congressional committee. I want you to hear the introduction of him by the chairman of the committee and then what he had to say. First witness is Dr. Anthony Levitino. Dr. Levitino is a board-certified obstetrician-gynecologist. Over the course of his career, Dr. Levitino has practiced obstetrics and gynecology in both private and university settings, including as an associate professor of OBGYN at the Albany Medical College. And Dr. Levitino, we'll begin with you. Welcome. Thank you, Chairman and members of the committee. Um, I only have five minutes, so I'm going to get right to it. Second trimester D&E abortions performed between roughly 14 and 24 weeks of gestation. Your patient today is 17 years old. She's 22 weeks pregnant. Her baby is the length of your hand plus a couple of inches. And she's been feeling her baby kick for the last several weeks, but she's asleep on an operating room table. You walk into that operating room scrubbed and gowned, and after removing laminaria, you introduce a suction catheter into the uterus. This is a 14 French suction catheter. If she were 12 weeks pregnant or less, basically the width of your hand or smaller, you could basically do the entire procedure with this. But babies this big don't fit through catheters this size. After suctioning the amniotic fluid out from around the baby, you introduce an instrument called a sofa clamp. It's about 13 inches long. It's made of stainless steel. The business end of this clamp is about two and a half inches long and a half inch wide. There are rows of sharp teeth. This is a grasping instrument. When it gets a hold of something, it does not let go. A DNA procedure is a blind abortion, so picture yourself introducing this and grabbing anything you can blindly and pull, and I do mean hard, and out pops a leg about that big, which you put down on the table next to you. Reach in again, pull again, and pull out an arm about the same length, which you put down on the table next to you. 
and use this instrument again and again to tear out the spine, the intestines, the heart and lungs. Head in the baby that size is about the size of a large plum. Can't see it, but you pretty good idea you've got it if you've got your instrument around something and your fingers are spread about as far as they go. You know you did it right if you crush down on the instrument and white material runs out of the cervix. That was the baby's brains. Then you could pull out skull pieces. And you have a day like I had a lot of times, sometimes a little face comes back and stares back at you. Congratulations, you just successfully performed a second trimester Dini abortion. You just affirmed her right to choose. Why did you end your practice of doing abortions? I did over 1,200 abortions over a four-year period in private practice, now counting the ones that I did during my training. Um, I met my wife at, um, during my first year of training at Albany Medical Center. We got married about a year later and found that we had an infertility problem. After years of failed infertility treatment and several years trying to adopt a child, we were blessed with a, adopting a, a little girl that we named Heather in August of 1978. Um, as sometimes happens in those situations, my wife got pregnant the very next month and we had two children ten months apart. Um, Two months short of my daughter Heather's sixth birthday, she was killed in an auto accident and literally died in her arms in the back of an ambulance. Anyone who has children might think they have some idea of what that feels like, but unless you've been through it yourself, you have no idea whatsoever. Um, I know people find it hard to believe, but uh, what do you do after disaster? You bury your child and then you go back to your life. And I don't remember exactly how long it was after my daughter died that I showed up at Albany Medical Center OR number nine to perform my first second trimester d &E abortion. I wasn't thinking of it as anything special. This was routine to me. Um, but I reached in, literally pulled out an arm or leg and got sick. You know, earlier on I described stacking up body parts on the side of the table. It's not to, you know, gross people out, to use a simple term. When you do an, an abortion, you need to keep inventory. You have to make sure you get two arms and two legs and all the pieces. If you don't, your patient's going to come back infected, bleeding, or dead. Um, so I soldiered on and finished that abortion. And I know it sounds, as I said, hard for people to believe, but I'm, I'm telling you straight up my experience. You know, after over 1,200 abortions, first and second trimester up to 24 weeks and all the rest of it, and being very dedicated to it, for the first time in my life, I really looked. I really looked at that pile of body parts on the side of the table and I didn't see her wonderful right to choose and I didn't see all the money I just made. All I could see was somebody's son or daughter. And I stopped doing late-term abortions after that and several months later stopped doing all abortions. Mm. Isn't that something? Isn't that something, Rich? 62 oh. million babies. 62 million babies. Maybe this program will reach a, a gentleman or a lady or a girl or a boy, whoever it is, and maybe it'll make them think, what on earth is it that society is grappling with? What is it that society is really wrestling with? Um, I want the folks to hear uh, this program, I mean this song by Bill and Gloria Gaither and see if it doesn't fit perfectly here it is to me there was nothing quite so sweet as holding in my arms our newborn baby to know this was our child ours to love and care for ours to feed and clothe ours to teach and guide but with the pride and joy also came the realization that this child was going to face a world that was not very beautiful 
and a baby's not a new toy, but an immortal soul. I don't think I'd have the courage to look our little babies in the face in the light of today's headlines if it were not for the fact of an empty tomb, a risen Lord, and a philosophy of life that makes sense when the world doesn't, a philosophy that brings life into focus, gives beauty for ashes, puts hope in the heart. When the days are uncertain, the future is sure. Because of a man called Jesus, I can look our babies in the face and say, because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because I know all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. How sweet to hold Our newborn baby And feel the pride And joy he gives but greater still the calm assurance our boy can face uncertain days because he lives. There you have it, folks. There you have it. Rich, do we have time for some couple of quick, really quick... Oh, I hope so. We have right, some really good ones. Well, let's go then. I live in Lansing, Kansas. I listen to your station all day long. I listen while I'm driving to all of my substitute teaching jobs. I just want to tell you how much your ministry means to me and my husband. We're both military. And I know a lot of people in our church listen to Bot Radio. Thank you so much for your ministry. All right, let's well, take another you. one. Hi, this is Micah. I've been listening for about five and a half years, which is the same amount of time I've been commuting to my full-time job. It wouldn't be the same without Bot Radio Network, the Bible-centered programs that you air, all the individuals that make it happen. Thank you so much. Oh, Thank okay, you, Micah. Okay, that's going to wrap it up, Rich. Give the phone number really quick. 1-800-345-2621. We'd love to hear from you, too. 1-800-345-2621. And that wraps it up for this chapter of The Complete Story. This is Dick Bott with my son, Rich, and we'll see you later. 